the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. A lot going on at the start of the year. Trump is floating his budget plan ideas. Floating or trial ballooning is something that we see that's pretty common with politicians. Kind of see what the, the public thinks on some of these ideas on you know delaying Social Security, cutting down on benefits, entitlements, the student loan forgiveness program. These are all big ramifications on Wall Street, essentially big ramifications on our pocketbook. That's our potential. I got through school on some scholarships, on some loans, on some grants. Like I had to beg, steal, or borrow to get through college, essentially. Um, would I be the same man I am today if I had to rack up $100,000 of debt? Mm. There was something called a Pell Grant, where because me and my father had stresses, uh, the moment I could be taken off his taxes, I, I did. And, you know, he always... He liked the tax deduction that I was, but he didn't. He liked telling me what a, you know, I had flaws. So <clears throat> being on my own taxes, I was able to qualify for grants pretty easily because if you're not making a lot of money, the government says, hey, let's subsidize this guy. Um, so without grants, if I had to just rely on scholarships, I wasn't that smart. So... <clears throat> It's worthy of note. Like, we talk about Trump and budgets not because this is a political show. Although politics does seem to creep in from time to time, right? We talk about it because it's the way it lays out for the United States. Jeff Bezos. We recently saw him at the Academy Awards, and he took a joke pretty well. Uh, Was it Chris Rock? Yeah, I think it was Chris Rock. I'm trying to... Steve Martin, Chris Rock is trying to make sure I'm not saying the wrong name, uh, said, when Jeff Bezos writes a check, the bank bounces. That was cute. You know, pretty safe. Pretty, pretty safe. The Oscars and the Academy Awards, you got to be safe. Although still no one could tell me why Eminem was at the Academy Awards this year. Other than entertainment, which, if you look at Martin Scorsese, you quickly see that Martin Scorsese doesn't care about Eminem. So Jeff Bezos was pretty interesting. He's pop culture now, right? He's tabloid fodder. We can joke about him on late night television because he's the richest man in the world. He's cashing out shares of Amazon. He sold $579 million worth of shares on Friday. That's after he sold $1.6 billion last Tuesday and Wednesday. When you have that many shares, you have to basically telegraph that you're going to be doing it, and you have to basically do it on a regular basis. It was a prearranged 10B51 trading plan. 
Uh, he's accelerated selling in recent years. Last August, he sold $2.8 billion worth of Amazon. He also cashed out of Amazon stock in 2016, 2017. Um, his lifestyle has become pretty public. If you YouTube Jeff Bezos' mega mansions, um, the man can grab a headline. So it's interesting to note that like some people go like, well, it's a shame that he sold in 2016 and 17 because he probably left $30 billion on the table. Man has to live. Can't do it on one billion alone, right? But I'm I the moment I see two billion dollars of stock sold, I, I go, I wonder if he paid taxes. I'm sure he's operating completely within the laws, right? Um, and the safe joke from Steve Martin was, I'm not going to say anything bad about Jeff Bezos because I want my packages on time. <laughs> when did comedy lose its edge? Um. But yeah, when you sell when you sell that big chunk of a change, we've seen Tesla stock go up, and I'll do a story like Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla, made four billion dollars overnight watching his stock go higher. If he didn't buy Solar City with Tesla shares, again, he probably left another six billion on the table. Um, it's just worthy of note. We could, we could look back, and doesn't that drive you crazy? When billionaires leave billions on the table, but you leave money on the table, and I, I, I note that, and we should be just as judgy on ourselves as we are on others. We don't need a, a big price tag to be impressed. The idea of rebalancing your portfolio, where you trim some winners and buy some losers, there's that's a big, big statement. First and foremost, I don't want you to make that statement your own until you understand it. Some people believe in selling your winners to buy some more of your losers, if you still like your losers. In a mutual fund, that makes a little bit more sense to me than, say, with stocks. Someone recently asked me, do I still own Apple? And I said, yes, I do. Because um, I'm looking at it out the next 10 years. Am I going to hold it for 10 years? I don't know. But that's my time frame in my mind. So it's been proven that you could add 75 basis points to 100 basis points that's that's one percent. You could add one percent to your portfolio in your lifetime if, on a regular basis, you sell some winners, buy some losers. If you rebalance, another way of rebalancing is not necessarily winners and losers. Some people say rebalancing could be, um, let's say, tech, and tech is loosely defined, right? Is Apple a media company? Is Amazon a media company? Are they a delivery company? Are they a logistics company? What are they? Um, when something becomes too big of a part position in your portfolio, like in the 90s, bank stocks did fantastic. Um, they were the tech stocks of the 90s. Retail in the 80s were the tech stocks and the financial stocks of the 90s and the tech stocks of the 2000s. Like, you get where I'm going out with this, right? Rebalancing is considered healthy, but it's also like one percentage point in your portfolio isn't something to sneeze at. If you get your net worth up to a million dollars and you're able to increase it 1%, those little chips go a long way. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Again, when you hear a meme or a mantra or something uh, that you want to incorporate into your own, just be cautious with it. 
Um, I'm not your boot on the mountain. And to me, rebalancing means something totally different than rebalancing means to you. It's not like I was born in a world without water where like, I was like, we need water. I don't know how to see balance. I, I get the idea of, you know, we both have some similar terms, but in a portfolio, it's something you have to feel very comfortable with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, <clears throat> some of the big stories out there today, obviously the merger of Sprint and T-Mobile. Cutting us down from four to three major competitors. And I have a feeling, like I've, I've used Sprint for 20 years. Uh, if you go back to, I've used it ever since I've been in California. Before I got to California, I used Sprint, uh, Verizon. <clears throat> the point being is, it, there's competition, but also I'm going like with what my perceived favorite network is or my perceived best network. I'm a little bit bummed on this merger, only because I could see some backlash. A lot of states were fighting it to keep another competitor out there. Because when you see the commercials for T-Mobile, and they're like. Your phone bill is too high? We have a plan for $20 a month. I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. I don't want it, but I think it sounds good for the consumer. Anyhow, and anyway, you see I'm digressing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Some great new downloadables at New Focus Financial, and there's some good blogs there as well. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. A lot of people get fascinated with wealth and stocks and stock market and buy, buy, buy and greed is good. It's pretty sexy. Vin Diesel with Boiler Room. If you can make movies about Wall Street, they tell you there's some drama and there's power and money there, right? There's also a lot of failures. And they're starting to become a little bit more obvious at times. Uh, let me give you an example. Birchbox. Okay, let's think about where we've heard of Birchbox. Okay, we know it's a digital brand that's in our head somewhere. But they're an online company. Okay, online subscription company. They're cutting 25% of its global workforce. Uh, big redundancies in U.S., U.K., Spain. But worthy of note that some things do not work out the way we want them to. Um, big money went into Birchbox. Their business has been on the rocks. They've had that kind of um, unicorn thing going on. Birchbox raised over $90 million and had a $500 million valuation. So it's not quite the you know billion-dollar losing, we're proud of it, unicorn. But they had 1 million subscribers, 500 brand partnerships. The business isn't scaling well. And if you take a look at like food delivery, a lot of the subscriptions, we came up with a lot of subscriptions very fast. And it's clear that Venture capital has a lot of money, and they're throwing it around trying to get the next big thing. But when you look at their business model now, and you just see that it's waning, maybe we didn't need that subscription. Uh, maybe, you know, Walgreens can do it with the um, 
direct-to-consumer brand, and we don't necessarily need the Birchbox or the Harry's or the Bark or the Quip. Um, that's a pretty big failure there. I bring it up not because there's any chance to gloat. I don't see the, the gloat in it. Um, but it's a pretty spectacular failure. Let's go over another quick idea that it's we see these concepts hit. And again, direct-to-consumer, I get it. I love the idea of having food delivered to me. But then when you get like, is it Martha Stewart who's going to be doing it? Is it uh, Safeway going to be doing it? Am I taxed as a restaurant? What, like, what is it? It just becomes too much. But TikTok is a company I, I didn't really understand until I just started to understand it. And there's some good and bad with it. It's not just dance videos. It's not just pranks. It's not just direct-to-camera confessionals. I just have something to tell the camera. Camera, I love Scott so much. I don't know what confessionals you want me to have. But one of the things that I saw when I was scrolling through it was ads for Robinhood. Robinhood is the fintech startup that has basically rocked the commissions world in stock trading. Two college kids came up with the idea of let's make investing more accessible to the people, especially the first-time traders. Let's cut the fees out of it. We'll try to figure out how we get them later. Maybe we'll push a credit card on it. Maybe we'll push um, other services. Hey, we see that you buy stocks. Do you want someone to do your taxes? Robinhood's interface makes it incredibly easy to buy individual stocks. And by the way, I should let you know, TikTok's got... um, one user has tutorials, and he's got about 60,000 likes on how to buy stocks on TikTok, on Robinhood. ByteDance, social network. Another company you got to learn a little bit about in the next coming years. Their videos with the hashtag, hashtag invest, have racked up about 76 million views. And these are all people under, th- in my opinion, let's lump all social media people into under 35. So Robinhood's tried to make it a little bit more easy, but now here's the question. What happens when there's a down market? Um, Teenagers can't trade stocks right now in the United States because, in theory, you have to be 18 to open a brokerage account. You have to be over 18, I think I said. Every now and then I'm fishing for words, and sometimes I miss them. Robinhood's ads on the teen-heavy app maybe partly a, a way to spread awareness so that the online broker is of choice for their adult lives. Hey, I remember when I was having a good time watching prank videos on TikTok. Um, I remember that ad for Robinhood. Bringing investing to the average man. Friar Tuck. Robinhood doesn't break down demographics of who's buying what on its platform, so it's hard to tell You know, the younger ages. Are they investing only in Tesla? But it's that's what it's thought that they have you know favorites. Um, almost three hundred thousand Robinhood users hold Microsoft. More than one hundred ninety four thousand hold Snap. One hundred fifty five thousand are shareholders of Tesla. Um, and I bring up the idea of kind of that group thinking. Those are some pretty known and beloved stocks. I kind of wish our younger people were saying. Let's go for a biotech index because I have 40 years for the cure of cancer to be come up with. 
um, or the cure for Alzheimer's, which if you talk to executives in the biotech industry, no one's got a good handle on, no one has a good handle on what's happening with Alzheimer's as far as getting you know good drugs for it. If and when a company does, it's a bigger drug than cancer. So just throwing that out there for you. And I'm not going to get all... I'm not going to give you medical advice. I'll save that for other bad financial shows. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, one more thing I want to talk about real quick. When I was talking about Birchbox's failure, there's another one. WeWork was supposed to come public at this huge valuation that got canceled. One of, the, one of their investors is a company called SoftBank. SoftBank is also a big investor in Sprint, so they have a big payday today. But it's not always that easy. They invested $240 million in a company called Brandless. Brand, less brand, no brand name. Brandless is the idea. It was a packaged goods company that was going to take on Amazon. Well, they're shutting down business now. So even big money, $100 billion vision funds can get it wrong. I don't like companies losing that kind of money. And not everyone needs a subscription to something. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Stocks leading the charge today. A lot of the same names that you see on a regular basis. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google slash Alphabet. They have the uh, undesirable acronym MAGA. Um, Microsoft, Apple, Google Alphabet, and uh, Amazon. So make America great again. Well, they're making the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ hit records again. That's something I like and something I don't like um, from a diversification standpoint. We're looking at the market. We're saying the stock market's doing great. That's not true. A small percentage of very big companies are doing fantastic. And they're dragging the S&P 500 up with them. When I first got into this business, I thought the S&P 500 had, you know, a beautiful set of ideals. It represented a little bit of retail, a little bit of technology, and you should put your portfolio together based on, you know, the 10 sectors of the standard and poor's. Because if that's how they look at the economy, then you should kind of own a little piece of the economy. You can make a case for that. But I don't think it's very accurate. It's more idealistic. I was a little surprised uh, talking a little politics yesterday. A guy sitting next to me was a big Bernie Sanders fan. I was like, so what do you like about Bernie? He goes, well, he's a Democrat. He does this. He's that. And he's like, and he... And I go, you know, he's not a Democrat, right? He's an independent. And that's what he's registered in his state as. Like, that's kind of interesting. A lot of Americans have opinions about things that they don't really know. And that can be kind of dangerous when talking about your health, when talking about investing, when talking about politics. Um, I try to stay out of it. (laughs) I try to stay out of it. I spent a lot of my time in Virginia. Um, right next to Washington, D.C. There's some cities that kind of, you probably know them from history, like Alexandria, Old Town Alexandria, or Georgetown, uh, across the river. Uh, but 
kind of seen like these locations in the History Channel. Um, so, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to each calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to each calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, the coronavirus. A friend just texted me and said, "You should talk about the coronavirus's impact on Disney." How they've already lost 175 million due to it. I'm like, I don't know if I have the data on how much. And then you get perceived and non-perceived. I've got a friend who's going on a cruise. I'm like, hope you don't get the coronavirus. Just kind of jabbing him from afar. He's like, ah, it's it's not in Bermuda. We're going to Bermuda. It's not in Bermuda. I've checked. <laughs> like he, he he knew to say that. But the coronavirus. There's stories on how it could hit Apple with manufacturing. How it could hit Nike with manufacturing. There's stories about how the coronavirus can hit China with manufacturing because they have to manufacture goods to live. You have to have like meat processing and you have to have food processing places, right? The one that you never, ever, ever, never really think about. And yet you see that tacked into stories is like stories like Anheuser-Busch. They could run dry in China. And Anheuser-Busch is about 9% of their business comes from China. So you go, 9%, okay, that's not good. But, you know, it's certainly, you know, it's not going to shut down the business. And, you know, when you do $55 billion of business worldwide, 9% is pretty big. So Budweiser's cost base in China is likely to remain high as it operates 33 facilities in China, including a brewery in Wuhan. I said something the other day that I just, it struck me as like, I don't really know geography well. Does anyone know where the Wuhan province is? If you do, didn't, maybe you do now kind of thing. So Anheuser-Busch is coming out and saying, we're, ha- we're seeing plunging sales and elevated costs. And that's going to hit our bottom line because 10% of our businesses is in this, chi- is in this country. So they've cut 2020 guidance. Now, there's a kind of a flu-like thing that can happen on Wall Street. Where, okay, so we just learned that Anheuser-Busch is cutting guidance. We get the 9% of revenue. We get the, they've got a lot of factories in China that make beer. And um, the, that's a bad thing. But So Budweiser has a little bit of the flu. They've said, we've got some weakness. Now, the whole market will say, oh, that's just Budweiser. But what if Apple comes out and says the same thing? Or Disney comes out and says the same thing? Then suddenly you have like three companies with the flu. And this isn't the real flu, but you can see how it starts to spread from company to company. So it's it's one of the viral issues that you have to be very concentrated on uh, as an investor. Because you don't want to get things wrong when you do it for a living for other people's money. And when you do it for yourself and your family, it's... It's a pretty noble cause. Hey, Tesla's down today. Tesla is a crazy stock. Uh, if you turn on financial media right now, there is a lot of talk about Tesla being what's wrong for the market. And a lot of people aren't saying, well, Apple and Google and Amazon are, are seeing similar type moonshots. But when you say that, and I, the moonshot is a funny way of saying this too, right? Because uh, Jeff Bezos wants to do space travel, space exploration. Um, so when you're, when you're talking about moonshots, 
Tesla kind of has that feel of they make cars, and cars tend to last five to ten years. Uh, premium product for sure. Lots of profit per vehicle for sure down the road. Um, but is it as much as you know an Apple, an Amazon, a Microsoft, and the valuation concerns? So, but then again, the market's been wrong about Apple. It's it's a luxury company, so it says one analyst. And let's just go with that thesis that it's been wrong, and we've been valuing it as a phone company. Um, same thing could be said for you know a lot of different types of companies. Like, is Tesla a car company? So, or they you can't really call them a legacy car company. They don't have the legacy costs. You know, one of the the problems that GM and Ford have are all their employees who retired 10, 20, 30 years ago and are still alive, who had pensions. That's a big, that's a big difference between Tesla and Ford and GM, right? But how, what is, I, I, if anyone knows what Tesla is, I, I still want to call them a, a luxury car company or a premium car company, but the valuation, it doesn't make sense. But that's okay. Let me just throw one thing out there for you. Microsoft is up 20% for the month of January. That's a pretty hellacious move. If you are a surfer, you go radical, bodacious. Like one of the biggest companies in the world, a trillion dollar company adds another $200 billion in a month. Now they did it on a strength of earnings um, and a much better than expected Azure platform revenues. And, and Google, there was a rumor yesterday that Google wants to buy Tesla. I don't see it unless I'm really, really, really missing something. I do like Google Maps. And I do like Waze. Apple Maps has gotten better. Um, but man, Apple's really slow about integrating as wise as, as, as much as we thought they could. Boeing's up a little bit larger today. Boeing's in the, interesting in the news because we are getting awfully close to the summer. And as we do, it's expected that 737 MAX, and will they have to change the name or what? So every time you get on a plane and there's that card in front of you that says 737 MAX, people are going to go like, isn't this the, the plane that went down? I wonder if they really fixed their software. They're going to have to rebrand that um, vehicle because people are stupid. <laughs> Just change the name. No one will know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Mortgage rates are at three-year lows. Um, mortgages are pretty interesting beasts. It's a strange world we live in when a guy, when I was 18, I didn't know I was going to be like, I didn't know. I didn't know my future. And you're telling me you're willing to give me $600,000 to buy a house and all I have to do is show couple of years of income i could have a drug problem i could have a drinking problem i could have a, a gambling problem and you're willing to give me 600 that like well that's what the collateral comes in but you get the idea the average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage now stands at 3.45 percent that's the lowest since 2016 um and that's if you buy points you're looking considerably lower more than 11 million homeowners stand to save an average of 268 dollars a month on their mortgages if they were to refinance at today's rates. And that would be a big plus for the economy, huh? 
what if Trump were to say, I'm going to freeze refis, uh, cost on refis. Everyone should refi. Everyone should get a lower rate. I, I don't really know how politics works, as you can see. But you get the idea. But before you do a refi, you should ask how long you're going to stay in the home, how much you're going to save. Are you paying mortgage insurance? Um, is your financial house in order? Like, don't just rush out and, and get a new mortgage just to get a new mortgage. Have a little bit of homework in your head. And will your existing lender cut you a deal so you don't have to shop around to another lender? If you have questions like this, you can contact my friend Tony Mendez. He's with BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The coronavirus pushed mortgage rates back lower. Isn't it funny the way the world works? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at NewFocusFinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Okay. Do you know what a pangolin is? And I did not just say penguin. A pangolin. Pangolin. A group of researchers believes the deadly coronavirus that originated in Wuhan, China, may have passed from bats to humans through an intermediary animal called the pangolin. P-A-N-G-O-L-I-N. It's the only mammal that has scales. Now, I don't want to get too much into this, other than I had no clue that there was an animal called a pangolin or that there was a mammal with scales. It's nocturnal. It's a tongue longer than its body. And it goes, okay, wait, 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 a tongue longer than its body? Whoever created this world, or whatever created this world, depending on your faith, um, has a sense of humor with giraffes with really long necks and an animal with a tongue longer than its body. Just my opinion, and I'm going to keep quiet about it at this point in time. Let's talk about the how big the coronavirus is. And again, the story's starting to fleet, but you should have it in your head. You should have learned some lessons through it. And I don't even know if the story's starting to flee. A lot of Wall Street's acting like it. We know that shutting down, you know, stores and people staying home, we've seen the movies of what, you know, a viral outbreak could potentially look like. We don't really know what's coming out of China. When China wants to, they're a very quiet country. <clears throat> when China wants to show you their, their strengths, they're a very loud country. And again, I could be pushing a, a cliche there, so... Be careful. Disney's offered a lot of details. They said, we lost $175 million in the second quarter due to shutting down the theme parks. But people aren't going to movie theaters either. So Disney's going to have to do some, some more math. That just because Shanghai theme parks, in, theme parks in Shanghai and Hong Kong have shut down doesn't necessarily mean that that's the end of their, their scope. They have movies. Canadian film company IMAX was forced to postpone the release of five films that were supposed to debut in China during the Lunar New Year holiday period. Nintendo, which makes video games and gaming devices, they said shipments of its Switch game consoles to Japan, Japanese customers, will be delayed. So it's kind of a little bit bigger of an issue than, like, the scope when you start talking about it. It's a lot of money. Win Resorts. Where, do you remember Steve Wynn? Um, casino magnets, or whatever you want to call them, gambling tycoons. They're interesting birds. I always feel like they have too much plastic surgery. I'm like, why? 
But anyway, I'm because they want to look like the performers in their in their shows. But Wind Resorts is losing 2.6 million a day every day. Casinos are closed in Macau. Tim Cook with Apple Computers or not Apple? Uh, they dropped the name of Computers. So with Apple, they said their suppliers could be disrupted, but also that traffic in their stores in China dropped. Apple has a large sales presence in China and symbols most of its products there. Begging the question of, yes, you get lower costs, and over time you are going to be exposed to things like, uh-oh, all my manufacturing is in one place. A lot of semiconductors uh, are manufactured, whether it's a semiconductor in your car, the semiconductor in your phone, the semiconductor in the traffic light. A lot of the semiconductors are manufactured in one place, and when there's an earthquake, people stress out. It's weird how these natural disasters can play on your portfolios. Qualcomm, which makes smartphone chips, they're hurting. They've lost uh, nearly half of its revenues come from China. For the, A lot of their revenue is tied towards smartphone manufacturing and sales. So auto plants have shut down in China because of the virus. So factories in, that are run by Tesla, Ford, Nissan, Hyundai, the world's fifth largest automaker, have stopped production lines. So do you see how like pervasive it gets? And I, I haven't even drawn on some things. Delta, United, American, um, all. United gets about 4% of its revenue from service to China. Delta, about 3%. American Airlines, about 2%. Air China, the largest operator of nonstop U.S. China flights by passengers flown, they're cutting back sharply. Um, a lot of drama, right? How about all the restaurants where people are afraid to go out and eat? Starbucks has 4,300 stores um, in China. They've closed, closed about half of them. I heard uh, Starbucks, um, their CFO, had a fascinating presentation yesterday. Let me digress a bit. He's talking about airports and they're really disappointed internally starbucks is with their performance at airports if you go to an airport you'll see a starbucks and you'll typically see a line of about 45 people and a lot of the feedback that the cfo was talking about was like well we don't feel that our staffing in airports is typical starbucks staffing they're basically saying the airport contractors that they have to go through Don't care who they hire. Or Starbucks wants like a barista who's like, could write your name in a really cute, snarky way on your cup. I don't know. But Starbucks was talking about some new technologies that they're going to be rolling out in airports, including mobile stores. Now, I don't know about you, but right there you got me. I'm fascinated. Mobile stores? Stores that go from like the Southwest Terminal and move themselves or be broken down and move to... The United Terminal. So if a lot of flights are coming in on United, store goes there. If nothing, if Southwest is experiencing computer glitches and everyone's in the terminal waiting, store goes there. So back to the virus, though. <clears throat> Yum Brands, they own KFC and Pizza Huts in China. Big American presence for Nike in China. Burberry, they're a big luxury goods. They've closed 24 of its 64 stores in China. This is pretty big business. Um, Because it starts to add up. Anyhow and anyway, you can find me online, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find some great downloadables. Working on that content as new seminars are scheduled probably till April.
uh, after tax time. You can sign up for the events at newfocusfinancial.com. Nothing planned right now. Or you can get some downloadables there as well, newfocusfinancial.com.